The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast is brought to you by Maidenform. You know it, you love it. Maidenform, thanks for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. I am in Australia. I'm in Sydney. I'm at a studio right now. I have a Border Collie dog at my feet named Pip. Pip, say hello. This is the most Australian shit ever, okay? We're going to get into it. I have my first show tonight abroad in Sydney. Very excited about it. But I got to catch you up to speed with everything I was doing in New Zealand, the journey I've been on. And just what's been going on. So let's see. Let's start. Uh, just came over from New Zealand. New Zealand out the gate. Cleanest place I've ever been. Nicest people. I don't even know how to describe it. I had so many oysters at one point that I'm like, this is it. I, I have mercury poisoning. I'm going to die. Where I don't know what kind of diseases or bacteria you can get from oysters, but I, I, was on the, I was on the brink of getting it. I have been on essentially a white wine bender for the last week and a half, and I'm just letting it rip. I am living my fucking best life. So the reason we went to New Zealand was because I was already in L.A. I did the Grammys. I was already over there. And we were like, let's pop down there. We've got five days before we go to these Australia shows. Let's get into it. And we had the best fucking time. Now, there's a lie. The people didn't warn me. But New Zealand is not. They're not having a summer. Okay, I don't know if you know this, but we're in the upside down right now. This side of the world is 14 hours away. And it was fucking cold. Okay, I don't know if you can see this. I had to buy a fucking Patagonia. All right. Am I a Patagonia girly? I am not. I am dressed currently right now like I could go on a hike. This is not who I am, but this is what I'm the lifestyle I'm leaning into. So we get down to New Zealand and it's it's a little chillier than expected. So Jeff and I go to a Patagonia store and now Jeff keeps calling himself an adventure girly. He's like, Heather, I didn't realize we're going to be adventure girlies. Like, you know, we, we did a helicopter tour down in Queenstown. We went on a river rafting ride. We went and saw some waterfalls. I don't know what the fuck got into us, but we are apparently adventure girlies now. All right. I'm wearing a fucking New Balance sneaker. I don't know who I am anymore. But all that to say, New Zealand, incredible place. I know that the Kiwis and the Aussies have beef. So I will learn more about that as I spend more time here in Australia. Basically, how everybody described it to me is if you are from New Zealand is to Australia as Canada is to America. OK, we give each other shit, but we're technically sort of next door neighbors, even though New Zealand's four hours away by flight. But the Aussies and the Kiwis kind of have beef. And I got to be honest with you, kind of similar, similar lace of the land. However, you get to Australia and you realize everyone is absolutely fucking insane in the best way. I hate stereotypes. I hate putting people in a in a little bit of a pigeonhole. But when I tell you I'm hanging out on Bondi Beach and everyone is a fucking character, everyone's a lifeguard. Everyone's got their shirt off. Everyone's ripped. They're all drinking flat whites. Best coffee I've ever had in my fucking life. All the dogs are off the leash. I mean, Pip, I don't even know. Pip, have you been vaccinated? I don't know. Okay, people in Australia are out of their fucking mind. Everyone's good day. You know what I mean? It's just live, laugh, loving. No one wears shoes. I'm going to tell you this right now. I've never seen so many people shoeless. People just walking with their surfboards through Bondi. It's great. It's refreshing. It also feels oddly safe. Now, I don't know. I might get stabbed tomorrow. I don't know where this theater is I'm performing in tonight, but it feels oddly safe. Dogs off the leash. People throwing caution to the wind. 
I mean, we, Jeff and I were walking back from breakfast yesterday and there's Frenchies everywhere. So we're just in hog heaven. And we see a French, a, a French bulldog comes around the corner. We're coming around the corner. And we just see this little Frenchie puppy. I immediately squeal. I get so excited that my, my little lip gets stuck on my gum. And I'm like, you're a fucking Frenchie puppy. Cause I miss my dogs. I don't see an owner. I start cautiously, but aggressively walking towards the dog. And Jeff's like, don't scare the dog. I'm like, but it's a Frenchie. It, you know, I just assume that other bulldogs know that I own bulldogs. And then I am, I am one. I'm a part of the pack. And then this really hot chick came around the corner. She came around the corner. She's wearing some hot Lululemon bike shorts, full camel toe. That is also a thing that I've noticed here. Everyone's labia is fully out, which live, laugh, love. I mean, if you've got a, you know, a, a nice down under labia, let it loose. But this woman is walking with stride. And I said, is that your dog? And she's like, oh, yeah, he'll follow me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> if I let my fucking French bulldogs loose on the streets of Atlanta, Georgia, one, they'd bite your children. And two, someone would steal them at gunpoint. That's just how that goes. So everyone's just walking to go get their, you know, delicious fucking coffee and their breakfast burritos, no shoes on, just labias out, Frenchies in tow. I mean, this is the fucking life. And what's wild is, a couple fun facts about Australia. We were flying from Melbourne. We flew down to Melbourne because I had to go do some press. And Jeff and I are at the airport. It's like 9 p.m. at night. We're getting the last flight. And, you know, in the States, the last flight is midnight anywhere. And Jeff's like, I'm surprised this is the last flight of the night back to Sydney, which is, you know, the two major cities. And I said, look at the board, Jeff. There's only six fucking cities you can fly to. This country is the size of America. But there's only like six hot spots. It's really fucking wild. Like if we're on the, what is this, the Eastern? So yeah, we're on the Eastern side. My boy Jock over here, he's, he's a native and I'm just ripping facts. We're on like the Eastern coast. So you've got Brisbane, you've got Sydney, you've got Melbourne, which kind of comes around. And then you got Adelaide, then you got Perth. I'm missing a couple cities at the top, but that's it. And then the middle of it is just fucking sheep and cattle and kangaroos. And tumbleweeds. I mean, it's fucking crazy. People act like, you know, when when foreigners come to Texas, they're like, there's nothing fucking out here. I'm like, that's all of Australia. It's like, imagine if America only had like Miami, Los Angeles, Chicago, and then fucking Tucson, Arizona. That's literally the best way to describe Australia. It, we are out here. I'm a little upset. I thought that I was going to get to hug a koala. Apparently, that's not a thing. They have since... I don't know, and I quote, regulated the foreigners from coming in and touching their livestock, which I'm pretty upset about. But I was really hoping to hug a koala. Now, this trip, we're only at the beginning. Maybe when we go to Brisbane, maybe we go to Melbourne, maybe even at the zoo here, they'll let me touch a little koala. I have been told too, you know, as koalas carry a lot of chlamydia, the koalas here are STI free. That is what I've been told. Even if they are not, I have packed two rounds of antibiotics to clear up any sort of pussy thing that might pop up because I am just trying to love on some cute koalas. But anyways, y'all, it's a vibe. Now, granted, I am in Bondi. All right. So Bondi, you know, the main it's the main beach in Sydney. So it's giving me like a Venice Santa Monica vibe. But literally everyone's hot. I haven't seen a fat person here. OK, we got off that plane when we touched down and we're going through customs and the customs agent looked up my husband and I up and down is like, you know, don't stay too long. We don't like you here. So I just know that I've got to start working out. I went on a 45 minute walk yesterday. Like everyone's just tan and hot and, and cool. And I did find out though, fun fact, cocaine. Okay. We're really going, we're taking a, a left turn. Cocaine here is so hard to get that it is considered like cool. 
I don't do coke anymore. Okay. I did it a couple times in college and I kind of just made me shit myself and talk too much. However, cocaine here is really hard to get. It's like $600 a baggie. Now, this is what I heard from somebody at a bar in Bondi last night. I didn't, I wasn't asking about cocaine. I didn't inquire about it. They just leaned over and said, Oh, where are you guys from? Did you know it's and I said the states? Like, did you know it's hard to get cocaine here? So apparently, cocaine is hard to get. So it's a luxurious drug, right? In the states, we can get it anywhere. But if you smoke weed, it's kind of like and correct me if I'm wrong, Jock. You're a bogan if you smoke weed a little bit. It's cheap, okay? Jock saying it's cheap. Now, meanwhile, you know if you're California sober, that's all you do is guns. That's all you do is weed. Like weed is the thing in the States now. Honestly, cocaine, I don't trust it. It's probably gonna be laced with fentanyl. But everybody here, I, you know, I was asking around, anybody got gummies? You know, what is everybody doing? Like, oh, you're a little, you're a little dusty, a little crusty. You're a stoner is a loser here. When in the States, you know, you're just in the fucking music biz. That's what you do. So I am learning the lay of the land. We are going to go take a boat around the Sydney Harbor which is apparently a vibe. I want to be on the water. I will also say everybody's surfing. Everyone's out in the water. I went to surf camp growing up in California. I know how dangerous it can be. I did ask about sharks and people were kind of appalled. They're like, we don't, We only have about 50, you know, shock attacks a year. I don't, it's not a big deal. I'm like, that's a lot. That is statistically a lot. So everybody here not concerned about, you know, the predators in the water and they're just living their life. But everyone is barefoot. It is wild. I went and did some press in Melbourne and I walked in the studio. Shout out to Scott and Sassy Scott and Luke. And Luke was barefoot. And he was he didn't even have sleeves on. It wasn't even that hot of a day. He just didn't have sleeves on. He had a tank top on and no shoes and no socks. He just said, come, you know, rub your toes in the rug. And I said, I'm going to do that because I'm trying to assimilate. I could move here in a heartbeat. I feel like it's all of the best bits of Western culture. Great food, great wine. Everyone's cool. It's a vibe. It's a healthy lifestyle, but less stabbings and gun violence. <laughs> and you know what? That's kind of all we're asking for these days. So if you get a chance to come down on to do it, I will say, got to give a shout out to the ladies of New Zealand. Now, I believe that the natives are, it's the Maori people. And I got to be honest with you, in New Zealand, they are so respectful. They really like celebrate the native culture. And I'll tell you what, I have never felt like a more of a petite broad than standing next to a Mari woman. Those gals have, I mean, I'm broad and these women are seven feet tall. Okay. Just gorgeous, stunning, larger ladies. I mean, we, Jeff and I were standing in between a, a, a gal at the airport and he said, I've never felt so petite. I said, me too, babe. So I'm just letting you know, if you, if you're going on a big girl vacation, pop down to New Zealand, you will, you will just fit right in. You will feel fantastic. Great food, great people. It's safe. It's green. Everyone's fucking nice. The water is freezing. They don't tell you that. And there's not really that much of a summer. But either way, it's fucking stunning. And I get it. And then come to Australia afterwards. And, you know, I don't know if you can sneak some cocaine in and you will make a killing. Okay, that's all I want to tell you. Get a taste of M, a hot new collection of craveable intimates from Made in Form, a brand with a whole lot of history. They've been around since the very first bras, and now they're bringing you a new kind of classic, the chicest basics you've ever seen. M is a collection by Made in Form, a brand with over 100 years of innovation and category leadership. They wrote the book on bras, and M is the next juicy chapter. You have to feel it to believe it. I'm talking yummy, buttery, soft fabrics that feel way more expensive than they are. 
Great style that won't break the bank. On-trend designs from stretchy, comfy fabrics and incredible colors. In can be worn as innerwear or outerwear. Style as your taste. Create looks that serve for all or no one to see. You just be comfortable and feel fabulous in it. It was cheeky, playful, and confident. Listen, we love it, okay? Made in form, they sent me some of their stretchy, soft bras. I've been traveling in them. They feel fantastic. I'm over the moon about it, okay? Visit maidenform.com and use code ABSOLUTELY20. That's ABSOLUTELY20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's Maiden. Let me spell it out for you. M-A-I-D-E-N-F-O-R-M. Maidenform.com. Use code ABSOLUTELY20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's maidenform.com. Use code ABSOLUTELY20 for 20% off. You're going to thank me later, whether you're traveling, whether you're at home with the kids, whether you're going to work, and you want something comfy, classic, chic basics that everybody needs in their wardrobe, you can get it at Maiden Form. You're welcome. You're going to love it. Maidenform.com. Use code ABSOLUTELY20. All right. We have some voicemails. We're going to get right into them. Some of y'all called in about Australian stuff. And I don't even know if this is going to turn. This is probably going to go viral and Australians are going to ban me from this country. I am not saying to come and deal drugs here. That's not what I'm saying. This is a comedic podcast. But if you do happen to come upon some, I do think you could make some good money. All right. Let's see. I'm, I'm not trying to get kicked out. Okay. We haven't even done the shows yet. All right. Here we go. As always, you can call in to the hotline 800-513. What is my number? 800-213-7503. You know, I'm dyslexic with numbers. All right. We're going to get into it. Call into the hotline, y'all. And when you call in, make sure you're not driving in your fucking car with the air conditioning on and the windows rolled down. I mean, I got to be able to hear what you're saying. Some of y'all call me. You've had 65 glasses of Shiraz. You're blackout drunk. There's eight other women giggling in the background. Make these phone calls. Do it in a closet, a quiet bathroom, you know, while your kids are taking a nap. Help me help you. You're like, oh, Heather, why haven't you, play, you know, played my voice? I'm like, because I can't fucking hear you, Cheryl. All right. You got your top down in your Mercedes convertible and you're asking me to decipher what the fuck you're trying to say. But anyways, let's get into the voicemails. Let's see what y'all have to say down on the. Hi, Heather. This is Summer from North Carolina, and I have an absolutely not about the time I studied abroad in Australia. Long story short, first day in the country, first full day in the country, we uh, were taken to go see Australia's finest at a animal sanctuary. And uh, that means kangaroos and wallabies and all the things. Well, our first night, they took us out to a janky Chinese dinner, and I got food poisoning. So my first full day in Australia was spent running back and forth to the bathroom, trying not to absolutely and literally lose my shit everywhere. So much so that <laughs> when I was about to meet a kangaroo for the first time, I had to run across that animal park to the bathroom. I didn't make it and had to clean up a mess, thankfully. I still had a pair of underwear and a wipe in my bag from traveling two days before. Because, you know, it's 17 million hours to get to Australia. So you better pack a bag up, a pair of underwear in your bag. And, yeah, and so that was my very first experience in Australia. And I'll never forget it. Absolutely not to all of the travelers' diarrhea around the world. Have fun in Australia, girl. Love and light. 
Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it was something you had in Australia. I think it was something you had in America and then you brought it over here. So don't blame the Aussies for the fact that you have an upset tummy. Okay, that seems a little fucking rude if you, if I'm going to be honest with you. And I think you had a nervous tummy because you were excited to see the koalas. But I think it was something that hit probably mid-flight and it didn't catch it till the next morning. That's how the stomach virus works. But I think it's a little asinine to say you came here and it's the Aussies' fault. Okay, we will eventually find something to blame them for. But right now, you're kind of being a bitch. But no, absolutely not to just traveler's diarrhea in general. It can go either way. You either don't shit for a week or you're shitting blood for, you know, every 20 minutes on the dot. I will say our cultures are not that different. We all love a good hearty breakfast. Let's talk about the Australian food here. They love a brekkie. Also, they love to uh, shorten and hyphenate everything. Okay, it's kind of, you know, like you're like, where's the hospital? And they're like, you know, it, where's the hoss? It's just it's like, get it. Just say the full word. You know, I need I need directions to the hospital. I've lost a limb, but they really like to shorten everything. Well, I, I mean, listen, I, I think you were just excited to see the koalas. I told you I'm dying. I'm dying to hug one. I'm dying to, you know, see if I can get a little kangaroo, a little root pop into the top of my Lululemon pants and just kind of snuggle for a bit. I don't know if they will allow that. Again, I don't know if that's something I'll get arrested for, but I'm just trying to do some skin to skin contact with some with some sweet animals. I will say, too, they are very strict flying into New Zealand and Australia about if you have any grass on your shoes. I mean, there must have been 10 signs. There was a video on the airplane. And, you know, my husband brought his fucking golf bag and his golf shoes because he's playing golf while mom is shaking her tits for cash because that's usually how it goes. And we got to customs in New Zealand and Jeff was, you know, he's freaking out. He's like, he's like, I swear to God, if they make me throw away my golf shoes, these were $600. I don't know why I'm giving him such a thick accent right now, but he's like, I'm going to be fucking pissed. And there's signs everywhere, everywhere that say, if you have any hunting equipment, camping equipment, hiking shoes, or golf shoes that have grass in them, they are like anti-pests here. Okay. They don't want us bringing critters in. I get it. I respect it. You know what I mean? If you've got head lice and you're getting off a Qantas flight. They don't want it. I get it. But thankfully, we were able to get Jeff's precious golf clubs and shoes into the country. But God only knows the kind of shit we're bringing over. Here you are bringing your traveler's diarrhea. They don't want to deal with it. But it's really rude for you to blame the Aussies. And you know who you really blame? The, the, the sweet Chinese people who have already been fighting against stereotypes for a long time. So blaming an egg roll is not going to get you anywhere, Karen. Get your fucking life together. But I do hear you. I mean, Studying abroad, you know, you couldn't have also gone to a whiter country, okay? I don't know how to tell you this, but like, we're basically the same, okay? It's the same fucking place, except better. I will say Australia is like all the best parts of America, but better. I will say this, though. So I've been doing press here, and it is so funny. Nobody gives a fuck who I am. And that's fantastic. That is humbling. That that makes me giggle. That like tickles my taint of joy. No one cares. No one cares who I am. I've went on these like big national television shows. All they want to talk about is my famous friends. They like literally every single person who's interviewed me has gone through it, looked at all of the people that I follow on Instagram. Let me tell you this right now. I follow everyone on Instagram. I did not know that there was a limit to people that you followed on Instagram. I'll tell you what the limit is, 7,500 people. Do you know what's not normal? Following 7,500 people. If I like something, if you got a cool sweater on, I'm going to click on it. I'm going to like it. I'm going to comment. You look great. Purple's your color. Okay, I am just a joyful person. 
And I did not realize I started, you know, I would make new friends and they'd say, hey, follow me on Instagram. I'm like, I can't. It won't allow me to because I'm maxed out. So now I'm having to go through and delete people. I don't want to. I'm not trying to do it. But if we haven't communicated in the last three years, you're out of here. So all of the the hosts, the radio hosts, everybody, they've gone through and they've looked at all the people that I follow. Somebody asked me in an interview, do you have Rita Ora's number? I go, no, I don't have Rita Ora's number. No, how, why would I have Rita Ora's number? They're like, well, you follow her. She follows you. I'm like, that doesn't mean that we've ever met. So I went on a morning show here in Sydney and they were like, any famous people coming to your show? And I'm like, yes. So I just started rattling off famous Aussies. I'm like, the Hemsworth are coming. Nicole Kidman's coming. Margot Robbie, Kate Blanchett. And I, that's, I just started naming people. And they got so fucking excited. They were like, oh my God, is this really happening? I'm like, no, I don't know any of these fucking people. I just follow them on Instagram. Either way, and all the pre-production, like the pre-interviews are like, tell me about your relationship. They just want to name drop. And I get it that you got to stay humble. So I apologize to any of my much more famous friends. If you see some sort of viral clip of me being like such and such is my best friend, it's because that's the only thing anybody cares about. And I'm trying to sell tickets to a world comedy tour the same fucking two weeks that Taylor Swift is here. And when I tell you, I have been checking into nice hotels and they're like, are you here for Taylor Swift? And I go, no, I have a show down the street. They're like, we don't care. If you're not a Swifty, get the fuck out. So it is, you know, also they've been asking me if I'm friends with Taylor Swift. I'm not friends with Taylor Swift. I love her. I'm sure she's fantastic. I'm glad that she's dating Travis Kelsey. I think for the first time in her life, she's getting dicked down by a man who actually can pick her up and throw her around. Good for her. But am I friends with her? I don't know her. Are our audiences very similar? Sure. Gays and screaming unhinged women. That's it. And then like three dudes jerking off on the back row. That We have the exact same demographics. 100%. Do I know her? No. Are we wearing similar costumes on stage? Yes. One might say I did it first. Sure. Will I say that publicly and probably have to edit that out later? Yes. Because will someone send me a death threat? They absolutely will. But yeah, I'm here. And when my agents told me that I was coming the same week as Taylor Swift, I go, guys, what, what are we doing? I might as well set up a PA system and a fucking microphone and go barefoot on Bondi and rip a couple jokes. Because what are we doing here? Now, the Sydney show is nice and full. We sold well, but I will give you free tickets to Melbourne and Brisbane because I don't know what the fuck we're doing there. And I'm excited. Two of my favorite cities. I've already been to Melbourne. It was fucking fantastic. Excited to go to Brisbane, go to the Sunshine Coast, the Gold Coast, see it all. So for any of you who are listening to this from Australia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming out to the shows. I'm very excited about the show tonight. But, you know, we're going to let it rip. We're going to have some fun. All right, let me get into another voicemail. As always, you can call into the hotline, 800-213-7503, the absolutely not line. I also know that the last two podcasts, I did one in my hotel room, in a bed. I know that that seemed a little unhinged. It's because we're fighting for our lives. We're on the road. We are recording where we can, when we can, and we're making it work. Let's get into the voicemails. Hi, Heather. It's Kelly from New Jersey. I am just so happy, so thrilled that you're in Sydney, Australia. Absolutely, yes. I stayed abroad there in 2015, and I had the absolute best time to the point where my university, Macquarie University, made the news because people thought we were hazing each other, but actually we would just take pictures of each other. 
when we were drunk, either falling off the toilet or throwing up or making out with a neighbor or anything you could think of that you do drunk. We take pictures of each other doing and it made the news and got one of my friends actually banned. So if you look up Macquarie University Village 2015, you'd see all the drama that went down. <laughs> Hookup culture there is crazy. The drinking culture there is insane. Since then, I am sober, <laughs> if that tells you anything about Sydney, Australia. It's absolutely yes to being there, but eh, maybe absolutely not to drinking that much there. Benders on benders. Anyway, love and light. Bye. You know what? Shout out to this lovely lady who called in, who, you know, sounded like a little bit of a college bully. So from the voicemail, you were saying that you went so hard in the paint on your study abroad here and you partied so hard that it made the national news. Also, let's talk about the fact that back in the day, okay, I don't want to age myself, mid-30s, but back in the day, I would carry around, and I know I've talked about this before, but I would carry around that digital camera. Digital cameras are coming back. I don't know if you guys know this, but let me just show you the digital camera. Okay. You would walk around the bar with the digital camera around your wrist and you would take the most incriminating photos of all of your friends. And sometimes, you know what I mean? If you spilled a beer on your, your camera, you'd have to pop out the battery and dry it off on the, the, the ledge of the bar. And then you have to keep shoving in an SD card. And then when you get home from the bar, you would plug in that SD card to your laptop. And then in the morning, you'd wake up to a new Facebook group that you had made. And, you know, the titles were always something insane, like, you know, Trish shit herself at the bar or, you know, Blake got arrested because, you know, he fought a cop. It was the most incriminating shit. I want I just want to tell everybody this now. If you're listening and you were in your mid thirties, delete your Facebook. You should not have it. This shit will get you locked up one day. Just delete that shit. We all did that. I mean, I studied abroad in Italy. I was in Florence. You know, how the fuck I didn't end up either kidnapped, deported. I remember we were walking home from a nightclub one night and the promoter, and I may have said this recently, so I apologize. The the days and, and hours are running together. But I was walking home from a nightclub. I got lost with my best friend, Mary. We were walking home from a nightclub. The sun is coming up. I have to be in my Italian cooking class at 8 a.m. And the club promoter found us like wandering the hills of Tuscany and said, get in my car. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I made out with a toothless man who told me he was Italian. Turns out he was Croatian. He had no teeth. You know, we did, quote unquote, free bottle service at a nightclub outside of Florence. And then when the bill came, it was 800 euros and we were studying abroad and we had no idea how to pay for that. So naturally, one of the girls in the group gave a hand job to the promoter. So, you know what I mean? We were fighting for our lives and also fighting for our right to party. But there was nothing better than in those those. I mean, 2015, we still do digital cameras then. Yeah. No, no. No, we did not do digital cameras in 2015. No, but I graduated in 2000. I mean, I studied abroad in 2008. You don't think my ass carried around that digital camera, you know, just dangling around the wrist. And, you know, if you were in like a nightclub and you're trying to dance with your digital camera and you just swing that shit around your head, you know, you probably the, the reason the guy probably had no teeth that I made out with is because I probably knocked them all out with trying to take some fucking party pics. I mean, those were the days, y'all. And then you'd wake up. And you'd look at all the party pics and you would then, you wouldn't think twice. You would never send it to a friend to approve beforehand. Hey, do you care if I post this on social media? You would just post it. Because back in the day, there was no such thing as a shadow ban. There was no such thing as, you know, a filter. You just let it rip. 
Speaking of shadow bands, I've been fucking shadow banned. And while you can still see me, I'm in technically a quote unquote, as Meta said, a warming period. So somebody a while ago is all the photos of me in bathing suits, which I don't even they weren't even provocative. It was a fucking one piece. I mean, I might as well have been wearing, you know, a fucking a, 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 a Snuggie. Like, what do you want from me? Somebody got pissed and said that all my photos were porn. Couldn't have been. My page is the opposite of porn. If anybody were to ever look at anything that I do on Instagram and be like, that makes me horny, then I don't know what the fuck you're into. So somebody commented that it was porn. So Meta put me on a shadow ban. We had to get my team involved. And now they said I'm in a warming period. So you can still find me. You can see me. But basically, nothing that I make gets pushed to anybody or seen. So do me a favor and keep searching for me because this is bullshit. But you know, Back in the day, there was no shadow ban. You just hope your friend Mary had enough faith and respect in your friendship to not put something online that you didn't want was there. But yeah, I walked around my digital camera. I mean, I must have gone through 55 SD cards that summer. That was a fucking jam. But everybody partied too hard at study abroad. And I remember also asking like our local friends that we made at the bar who were still pushing alcohol on us. But they were like, yeah, Americans are the fucking worst. You come over here, you act wasted. Italians drink, but they don't drink that much. And, you know, we were considered the tacky Americans. But, yeah, I mean, I had a really good time. But, God, Aussies do party hard. I'm not going to lie. They party hard. They party hard. And you know me. I'm getting, I'm getting up there. I can't party like I used to. I mean, I had two margaritas last night, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it today. But all of my Aussie friends in L.A., they, they just get hammered and they get up the next day and they go for a jog or they're doing kettlebells at 7 a.m. It doesn't fucking make sense to me. They're built different down here. I don't know if it's a Vegemite. I don't know if it's the Tim Tams. I don't know what the fuck it is. But everybody down here is built a little bit stronger. I don't know if it's a genetic thing that the, the livers can handle it, but everybody can just go a little bit harder. And what do you know? You came down here as an American and you studied abroad and then you brought all the, the you brought TMZ followed you here and you eventually got banned. Your friend got banned at least. And you know what? We deserve it. We deserve it when we go to other places and we destroy their culture by, you know, essentially blackmailing all the other study abroad students by taking photos. God, there was nothing worse. There was nothing worse than you'd wake up the next day and somebody put up a, a horrible photo of you on Facebook. On Instagram, somebody would flag it. On Instagram, you're hoping, knock on wood, it would only stay up there for like 10 minutes. But God, on Facebook, it was, it was every man for themselves. And then I remember when you could detag yourself, right? You were tagged in a horrible photo. Some sorority sister of yours was like pissed. You went with her boyfriend to a date night. So she posted a horrible, incriminating photo of you. And you were finally able to detag yourself. So it wouldn't show up on your page, but it was still lingering there in the Facebook atmosphere. Oh, God, those were the best days. Also, congratulations on your sobriety. Very happy for you doing the 12 steps. It only took you flying 12 hours to Australia to get your life together. But we are very proud of you. And, you know, live, laugh, love. Let's get into another voicemail. Hi, Heather. It's Madeline from Little Rock. I'm a little behind. Um, I've been listening to your absolute notch on the holidays and how fucked up people's families are. So I just wanted to piggyback on that one and tell you, I don't know, you could probably have a whole podcast on how fucked up the boomer mother-in-laws are, but absolutely not to my mother-in-law getting in a fight with my husband and I and then telling my husband that I, his wife, have a demonic spirit and that 
he does, she's not advocating divorce, but he doesn't need to live like that. People don't realize when you say but, it completely negates the rest of the conversation. Like, of course you're advocating divorce, you fucking bitch. So, anyway, absolutely not to that. Yeah, uh, we probably need a support group. But more or less, I think the boomer mother-in-laws just need to die out. Not advocating for all of them, too, but the ones that make your life hell, I think they just need to go to the pearly gates and see if they're going to get in or not. But absolutely not to that. Yeah, love and light. I'll see you on your next tour. Bye. I love it. Now, I am in a totally different scenario because I've got a mother-in-law from New York who's pretty intense, but I can already tell from that that you have a Southern mother-in-law. And there is nothing better. Now, I, I am not saying that the boomers need to go. OK, I think the boomers, they still got a fight and chance. I love my boomer community. I love to hang out at my country club. I like to sit on the edge of the bar. Everyone's 65 and up. We drink white wine. We talk about politics that I absolutely do not agree with them on any of the points that they're trying to make. But it keeps me fun. You know what I mean? I like to I like to fuck around and find out, if you will. But there is nothing better than a Southern mother-in-law who claims she sees demonic spirits around you. And that is a way of her calling you essentially a whore. You know, listen, there's a lot of different ways to mince words, but saying that she thinks you have a demonic spirit is chef's kiss. It is Shakespearean, if you will. I've never heard of a better insult. Now, I have actually been around somebody who I do genuinely think you know, I'm, I'm an empath. I'm in touch with the Lord. And I have been around somebody who I definitely think did have a demonic spirit. I saw, I think I've told y'all this a million times. I saw a woman with completely black eyes at the airport once when I was 15. And I, I think that was a test from the dark side. So I get it. I mean, I feel the energy. And you know, you feel your gut instinct if you're around somebody who just is giving you bad energy, you know, to leave the situation. But this is a typical Southern mother-in-law to say, you've got a demonic spirit. We know you don't have a demonic spirit. She just wants to, you know, have sex with her son. And it's a weird Oedipus complex thing. I don't know what it is. But these mother-in-laws from Kentucky love their sons a little too much and, you know, c call it what it is. Maybe you start hissing at the dinner table one day. I think you just kind of fuck with her, you know, live in the light, pray on it. But I say, maybe you start wearing all black. Maybe you just start kind of fucking with her a little bit and just lean in, you know, don't do anything. Don't start practicing the occult. I'm not saying that. Okay. This is a, this is a harmless Halloween prank. I'm not trying to get you wrapped up in the dark side. And then the next thing you know, I got to come to your house and, and, and do an exorcism with five other fans because you know, now you're a Wiccan. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that I think you need to just, if she wants to, if she wants to name names, if she wants to call you out of your name, I think you say fuck with her a little bit. Maybe just start wearing a cape. You know what I mean? You're in regular Lululemon. You're running around in Pilates, doing whatever you like to do. But you, you know, pick your kids up from school in a black cape and somehow let it get back to her. Have a friend bring out an old digital camera. This is it. Have a friend bring out an old digital camera and tag you on Facebook because you know your boomer Southern mother-in-law still goes on Facebook, okay? I'm not on Facebook. I have, there's a fan group on Facebook. I chime in there. I like to chit-chat, but I'm not on Facebook. I don't even know how to log into mine anymore, okay? It's, it's honestly, people say TikTok's hard. Facebook's too fucking confusing. That's hard. I don't know how the boomers are even navigating it with their thick fingers. I don't know, but that is what you need to do. You need to have a friend go buy a digital camera take photos of you in a cape, kind of hiding in the bushes, waiting for your kids and have her just tag you in the photos. 
no comment, no album title, no nothing. Not like Trish is now a Wiccan. Don't, we're not going to allude to anything. We're just going to eventually see if your mother-in-law sees the photos of you. And, you know, if nobody comments, if it's, or maybe it's a private album that only she can see so that the other boomers in the neighborhood aren't like thinking that you're up to something satanic and that you just kind of fuck with her. Just drop little hints that you may or may not be in a cult. Obviously, do not let the dark arts, you know, if you open yourself up to this, I think eh, demons can't get you. But I think you got to fuck with her a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe do a smoky eye one day. Maybe order your coffee black. Do something that might make this woman think or put upside down crucifixes in your front yard the next time she comes for Thanksgiving. You could also do that. But there is nothing better than a name when somebody calls you outside of your name, especially a mother-in-law. You know, demonic was her you know, this is the funny way too. This is this is a Southern mom's way of trying to be soft about it. She could have called you a whore. She could have called you an unfit mother. But her saying you're demonic is her way. That that was her soft blow. Do y'all ever see that show Wife Swap? Y'all remember that show where they would take two moms, two wives, and they'd swap them, and it'd always be like you know a wealthy family, and then she gets swapped with a mom who go live with like you know kind of a, a redneck family, if you will, for a little bit. And do y'all remember that one woman who was famous because she's on wife swap. She walks in this house and she just starts screaming. This place is dark sided. This is demonic. This is dark sided. I think about that woman no less than probably four times a day. I wonder where she is. I wonder how she's doing. I wonder if she still thinks that everything's dark sided or if she's found the light. I don't know. But if you're out there, Hit us up. Hit us up on the hotline, 800-213-7503, because I'd love to know how you're doing. I really would. Let's get to one last voicemail. Okay, Heather girl, this is Taylor from Charlotte, North Carolina. I am calling because I have an absolutely not, and I just truly cannot stop laughing about this. I... I plan events for an office property and at one of these properties we have beehives and they're set apart they're from the office building for obvious safety but we do a lot with the hives we get honey from them and we give them out to the tenants and um, we do beeswax candle making classes and like our tenants at this office property love our bees. They love them. They're very interested in them. Well, I found out today from our property manager who works on site that our two beehives were stolen. Stolen, Heather. Beehives with bees in them. Our queen, she has been captured. Okay, this this takes a real team of professionals with a highly specialized set of skills to pull off this kind of heist. Like, how do they get them in their car? Like, what in the hell, Heather? Where are the bees? I'm just like, you know, I would expect signage to be stolen from a property. You know, maybe some furniture that's set outside. But two fucking beehives? I'm sorry. I am just like, what the hell? What in the hell? I think it was inside job. I really do. I think it was someone who works at this office property. And I probably shouldn't say any more, but... Girl, that is what I am dealing with. Anyway, love and light. We are going to search for our queen and, you know, hopefully get these things replaced. They were hand-painted hives. They were nice. So, anyway, this was just an absolutely not. Like, who steals beehives? (laughs) Okay, girl, love you. Okay. Okay, first and foremost, right out the gate, I got a question. 
how the fuck are you having live bees at an office complex? I, I, I listen, you know, I love bees. Okay. My dead dad returns to me all the time as a bee. There was a bee on my, literally that got caught in my hair extensions while we were at Milford Sound in New Zealand, which is apparently like the eighth wonder of the world. And Jeff said, Heather, there's a bee on you. And I said, it's my dad. And he knows the bees don't bother me. They don't sting me. I'm one with the bees. But I got to be honest with you. Most people's reactions when they see any sort of bee or a yellow jacket is immediately to swat it away, sheer panic. I mean, we all saw that movie growing up with Macaulay Culkin and, and oh, fuck. Oh, what's her name? Chumsky. You know who I'm talking about? Fucking my girl. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart right now on that. Literally, literally, we all saw the movie. She dies from the fucking bee sting. Now, if you did not see that movie, I apologize. I've just ruined an absolute banger of a classic movie for you. But most people freak out when they see some sort of buzzing thing around them. I love that you guys have a beehive at your office. I can only imagine if I was going to lease new office space and I was walking around the property. And, you know, a lot of these cool office spaces these days, it's like that eat, work, play, live thing. They've got a, you know, a nap room. You got a nice state-of-the-art culinary kitchen so you can make flambe on your lunch break. They've got, you know, a sun deck to get some vitamin D. They've got maybe a little, you know, a shower, a nice state-of-the-art bathroom. I don't know why you need a shower at work, but maybe you're running an OnlyFans out of your studio. I don't know what you're doing. Either way, though, I don't, I can't imagine going property hunting and then just being absolutely head over heels. Like I got to sign a lease here when I see a beehive in the back. Also, who is renting, who is renting office space from you that also then has time to make beeswax candles? When I'm done with work, I want to go the fuck home. I don't want to then sit around with the other companies the other people from the companies and make beeswax candles. I'll take a nice little honey drop off every now and then. I mean, if you want to, you know, drop off some some honey to the office on every other Tuesday, I'll take it. I love honey, but I don't understand what the appeal would be to hang out with a bunch of bees. Now, let's get to the point, though. Is it a nice touch? Sure. I'm glad that everybody at your your office space is enjoying the bees. I don't know how the fuck somebody stole them, though. That's insane. I mean, we got to call Beyonce and get her on it because that's unreal. It does take a very skilled professional to figure out because, you know, you got to wear the full suit. I mean, surely y'all have security cameras. Have we not checked the security cameras in the back? And don't tell me you're like, oh, well, the cameras aren't faced towards the bees. Well, that was your first mistake. All right. Even from an insurance perspective, somebody goes out there, they're drunk after a Christmas party, they're tinking around, hitting the hive. They get stung a million times. Next thing you know, you got to, a dead tenant on your hands. Well, you need the cameras out there for liability. I mean, my God, I don't know who's your business advisor, but y'all got to get your shit together at whatever office property this is. But yeah, it takes a skilled professional. You got to wear the, the mask. You got to wear that, the outfit. And then you got to come out there and you like smoke them out, right? You smoke out the fucking bees and that's how you get them. But if somebody stole both hives, I mean, what do you do? What do you throw them in a garbage bag? I don't know. How do you how do you transport a hive? You throw it in a cooler, a Yeti cooler. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, we need to see security footage. And I would love for you to reach out. And if you can get that security footage, because I would love to see this on Instagram. But I, first and foremost, I know you want me to feel I, I, I'm hurting for you because I know that the the candle making community 
at, at, at your office park is just they're devastated. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thursday night wine night is it's canceled for the foreseeable future because you're you're out of wax. You know, I'm sorry for everybody who loved to get together on out of office hours and make candles together. I'm sorry. And that's a bummer. And I'm praying for you. That's such a bummer. But I think we need to start a criminal investigation. I think you need to get the police involved, maybe some local council, maybe call the mayor, you know, because here's the thing. At the end of the day, whether it's bees, whether it's kittens, whether it's children, you know, if you let this slide, what's going to happen next? So I think you got to kind of hunker down. And I'm I'm not saying be a Karen. I'm not saying, you know, start pointing fingers at people who look a little bit different because you think they might have stolen your bees. They didn't. I'm going to tell you this right now. They absolutely did not steal your bees. It was most likely a white woman who's who's retired and, and has a garden. I know it's a white woman, probably named Angela, you know, or Deborah. It's, it's probably one of those two. So definitely check amongst your own community. But I think you got it. You got to put your foot down now because if, you know, they're stealing the bees today, what's tomorrow? Your Stanley Cup? From the rec room, that's how it starts. And then the next thing you know, you're out of, all the Stanley Cups are stolen. And then the next thing you know, they're selling meth out of the back, out of the loading dock. And that's why crime and communities, you know, they say it takes a village. Well, I think it takes one beehive to remind a community that they got to tighten up the reins. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, to keep your eyes and ears open. You know where you don't have to keep your eyes and ears open? Australia. And this side of the world, people are nice. People are friendly. Pip, you want to come say hi? The dogs don't bite. They are genuinely, oh my God, she's she, she's beautiful. She, right? Pip, she's a girl, yeah. Pip's an angel. So this is, this is it. I don't even know what the fuck I talked about today. I'm sweating through this t-shirt because it's been a hell of a morning. I got to do six auditions on tape because I'm in the future. You're in the past. I've told you this. So when this comes out, I will have been so far ahead in the future. Really, I'm only like 12 hours ahead of y'all back home. But regardless, I feel futuristic. Oh, my last thing. I may have touched on this. Everyone is asking me about the election. I have tried to tell all my new Aussie friends. The Kiwis don't care because they're so isolated. They're like, good luck coming to our island when your country's on fire. Everyone is convinced that Michelle Obama is going to be running for president. I've had no less than three different Aussies corner me to ask me if I have the inside scoop. I don't know. Uh, That would be fantastic. Our country is technically on fire. But either way, I don't know because they're in the future that the aliens are getting to them first to let them know what the game plan is. But hopefully I will get some answers by the time I leave here. We've got another, I think, week and a half here. And I'm ready to crank out some shows. I'm ready to razz and roast some Aussies and have a good time. So needless to say, this is an unhinged episode and we're fighting for our lives. I'm hopefully by the time you see this, I will have, you know, tongue kissed a kangaroo or uh, done a little skin to skin with a koala. That's what I'm trying to do. So in the meantime, while you're back living in the, you know, the Stone Ages, back behind, 12 hours behind. Remember, be good to your neighbors. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Oh, my Ellen. Didn't she always say that? Like, be kind to one another. You don't have to be kind to one another. Just don't be an asshole. So really what I want to tell you is don't be a dick. And good luck. You know, good luck if I come back because I'm having a fucking blast. But I will be back because I have more shows to do. Get your tickets at HeatherOnTour.com. As soon as I land, we are going to be going to Kentucky, one of my favorite places in the world, Lexington, Kentucky. I shot my first special there. So I'll be playing the Lexington Opera House. And then we're hitting Sacramento and Salt Lake City and all of the above. So get your tickets. Oh, in Los Angeles. Side note, I'm coming back to do Netflix as a joke comedy festival. 
We're going to be doing a whole new show. So get your tickets at heatherandtour.com. I love you. I mean it. I'll see you from down under. Peace and blessings. Go fuck yourself. Arrivederci. Ciao, Bella. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.